Hello everyone, and welcome to Viapedia. We have once again reached Darwin Day, the 12th of February, so we've got a special episode all about Charles Darwin. This time, we'll be doing something a little bit different. We are going to be following the first part of Darwin's journey around the world, as per his memoirs in The Voyage of the Beagle. So, let's start at the beginning. The Beagle set off on the 27th of December 1831 under the command of Captain Fitzroy. Robert Fitzroy is noteworthy in a separate sense because of his royal blood. Namely, he was the fourth great-grandson of King Charles II via his illegitimate children. This is because Charles II had six Fitzroy children with his mistress Barbara Villiers. Anyway, the ship under Fitzroy's command had been blown back two times by wind. However, in December 1831, it finally managed to set off. The ambitions of the journey were threefold. Firstly, finish the survey of Tierra del Fuego and Patagonia, conducted by a man called King between 1826 and 1830. Secondly, the expedition was to explore the Chilean coastline, Peru, and the Pacific Islands. Thirdly, time-related measurements were to be taken worldwide. After setting off from the UK, the ship arrived on Tenerife on the 6th of January 1832. However, they couldn't come ashore as the inhabitants were afraid that the ship carried cholera. They then moved on to Cabo Verde, arriving at Porto Praia on the island of Santiago on the 16th of January. Cabo Verde was previously an uninhabited archipelago off Africa's western shoreline, which was settled by the Portuguese in the middle of the 1400s and won its independence in 1975. Darwin notes in his memoirs that the landscape in the vicinity of Porto Praia is very desolate. It once had trees, but they had since been removed, as also happened on Easter Island after humans showed up. The most prevalent bird in the region was the kingfisher Dacelo Yagonensis, which was supposedly not as pretty as its European counterpart. On a certain day, a small group went to Ribeira Grande about an hour away. Ribeira Grande was once the major settlement on the island until its port was filled in. The group got a guide and a Peninsula veteran to interpret for them. We've discussed the Peninsula War previously in our Darwin Day episode last year, but the short version is that it's part of the Napoleonic Wars, which would have been within living memory at this time. During this tour stop, there is an instance of patronisation. When the group paid a clergyman at a local cathedral during a visit, the Spanish guide pats him on the head and says that his race isn't very important. This incident brings home that Darwin lived during an era with different sensibilities to today. A different occasion of more ecological interest is when they go to St. Domingo in the middle of the island. Here, they saw small acacia trees bent into shape by the trade winds. Moreover, at one point they saw some flighty guinea fowl, which would mean that these do not display naivety exemplary of island syndrome. This term refers to a shift in morphology, behaviour, etc. because of living on islands. For example, the dodo was one of the biggest species in the family Columbidae, was not able to fly, and did not have traits to protect itself against predation, notably not being afraid of people or land-based carnivores. These guinea fowl, therefore, do not exhibit the same set of traits. Darwin mentions observing the sea slug of genus Aplysia, which feeds on seaweed and has stones in its stomach which it uses to grind down food. It also squirts red-purple liquid when threatened. However, he also seems fascinated by the colour-changing power of cuttlefish, spending a good page talking about them. In fact, he kept one on his ship berth and saw that they glowed slightly in the darkness. We now follow them on the next leg of their journey. 
The ship crossed the Atlantic, arriving at St. Paul's Rocks just two days after Valentine's Day on the 16th of February 1832. Not that this date would have been relevant to Darwin just yet. Letters from the Darwin family compiled by his daughter Henrietta note that he only proposed to Emma Wedgwood a few years later in the summer of 1838. Anyway, there were just two species of bird on these rocks, which were both tame. The booby laid eggs on rock, while the tern constructed a nest of seaweed. Darwin thought that all that lived here was a crab, which supposedly ate chicks, a fly, a tick, some spiders, and a beetle. The rock supported fish due to allowing seaweed to grow. Given the prevalence of holdfasts with algal species, the fact that algae are anchored to the rock and then support fish species does make sense. The next major destination was San Salvador in Brazil, where the ship arrived on the 29th of February 1832. At this point, to wrap up the episode, we'll look at some historical context for Brazil itself. Brazil became independent from Portugal in September of 1822. This independence was proclaimed by Dom Pedro, the son of King João VI of Portugal. The Brazilian Empire launched by this independence would last until the revolution under Pedro II on the 15th of November 1889. Supposedly, this revolution was one of two that Theodore Roosevelt could not understand how they'd happened, with the other being the revolution toppling Louis-Philippe of France. The main point is that Darwin arrived in an empire of Brazil that was only about nine years old. It is in the Brazilian Empire that we will leave Darwin for today. However, we can pick up with the Voyage of the Beagle in future episodes. In the meantime, thank you all very much for listening. Feel free to get in touch at the show's email address for any questions, comments, or topic suggestions for future episodes. Until next time, have a great week, everyone. 